0: When Ryan's when it's time to begin,
1: it's on the rewinder up with John Pollock and Waiting, the 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewinder Rock for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's Rewinder Rock for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade on Mike. Hello everybody. It is John Pollock and welcome to Rewind a Raw. It is the it is the the most loneliest show on the post wrestling network because after multiple weeks of calling in favors, going to Andrew Thompson, calling up Uncle Nate, even dragging Braden Harrington onto this show, I have probably run the gamut of co-hosts that I can possibly coerce into sitting down and watching Raw for three hours on a Monday night. So here I am, all by myself, and we are going to be getting into tonight's show from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, but man, it's, it is hot here in Toronto, folks. It's, uh, it's been a scorcher outside. I don't know, for the Torontonians out there, it felt like 35 today. So I am just, I'm just roasting here in my, my basement apartment here. And wouldn't you know, that potentially... I have someone to to join me. Just maybe. Just maybe. Is it him? Is it really him? Ladies and gentlemen, as you two put it best, it's a beautiful day and here he is back. <laughs> We're going to see if he's got some 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 mic rust. He is back. It is Father Ting himself. Wait, are you there my man?
0: John, daddy's home. I'm Whoa. back. <laughs> wow wait, wait, what wait that, a minute
1: what? wait a minute there's there's one thing we're missing in the, in the in the spirit
0: oh look at that oh look at this wow the master of the t's okay uh great great setup for this whole thing great great acting i have to say and oh, uh best. the master of uh of the the technical uh uh everything these these past few weeks um you have been tremendous and as always you exceed my expectations for what you can handle on your plate for an entire month this time. So thank you John. It's it, it's a it's a wonderful wonderful privilege to be back.
1: Yes, let's give it a second for the round of applause from the chat room. Uh, it's it's been quite the month. I think the, I, I think it only took a couple of days before I messaged you and said, "Dude, I I can't fathom all the stuff you do. That you just keep quiet to yourself. That just all this stuff just runs on time. It's always uh, there's always a graphic for everything. There's always a description. Everything's edited, levelated. All of this stuff. There's one guy that makes sure all this happens. It's way, and I got to see firsthand over the last four weeks what uh, all all of that is that encompasses. The waiting experience here at Post Wrestling.
0: I mean, this really is at least a two-man job, if not more than that. And and so anytime we're, uh, you know, a person short, whether it's you off or, or me off, um, I think we, we each gain an appreciation of, of what the other does. But, you know, we I've asked a lot of you this week or this month because it's been an entire month that I've been away for my pater- paternity leave. Um, so, you know, week after week of you having to, you know, do as much as you do on top of everything that I was doing, uh, I have to just continue to thank you, you know, um, always. And in, di- in addition to you, our entire incredible staff that I'm so happy, love, like our audience is able to, you know, see a whole lot more of, hear a whole lot more of lately. Uh, so many standout acts I think we have now in our post-wrestling database of people that we can re- rely on and hopefully more in the future as well. So thank you to everybody and thank you for the entire audience for continuing to listen. So way you are a, you are officially a
1: father. Now you are, you are coming back. You are very much our Johnny Gargano that has, uh, you know, you haven't been away from a microphone this long since you were eight years old. Uh, but tell us all about, uh, baby Ting, whatever, whatever you are willing to, uh, to share with us over this, this past month, I'm sure a life-changing experience.
0: Well, I won't be super kicking you. So I, I think maybe that analogy ends there. Um, but yes, um, I've, I've had a wonderful, you know, two weeks now of getting to know uh, my kid. His name is Oscar. And uh, thus far, you know, it's been a lot of diapers. I feel like I'm a bit of a pro right now already, you know, in changing diapers, as I'm sure you could attest to, John, two weeks into your fatherhood. Um, Dude, five years. Was five years. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. So, um, it's it, it's been a lot of that. It's been a lot of, um, lately screaming and you know doing my best to to put the guy to sleep, uh, every three hours. A lot of uh, fitting in naps whenever I can get them. And uh, you know today will be a huge experiment, not just for I, I think myself, but you know for my wife as well, who you know is on solo duty for at least the next few hours as I uh, do the show, as my as I usually do, and then uh, you know take the overnight shift. But um, I, I I will say I, I'm pretty optimistic because I maintain pretty like you know pretty crazy hours anyway, and if anything I'm I was born to to be a late night uh, diaper changer, so I'm looking forward to it.
1: That's 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 wonderful. The nights have been, uh, they, they, they've been okay.
0: They've been all right. Yeah, yeah. They, they. I mean, you know, off and on. You know, we, we definitely have have our kind of moments trying to catch up. But, uh, honestly, like every difficulty is is a privilege. You know, I've enjoyed every single second of it so far. And uh, you can ask me again, maybe two months into this, how how much of you know the the late nights I'll, I'll appreciate. But thus far, every single moment has been uh, absolutely tremendous.
1: Well, that's uh, that, that's fantastic news. I have uh, I've tried not to bother you uh, too much over these these uh, these last couple of weeks. I've been I've been I've been checking in. I didn't know what my uh, my official protocol was 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 allowed to be, but uh, I was checking in every every now and then. But also want to give you uh, plenty of space. Uh, the last thing you needed was a text from me.
0: I you know I, it, it's always welcome, always always welcome. And in fact, I, I want to shout out your wife as well, who's been a, a tremendous help to my wife. Actually, you know uh, somebody who's been able to offer a lot of great. Um, I don't know, just like a kind of big sister sort of insight into into the whole process, and um, I'm sure there's a whole lot you and I, you and I can now. Maybe they know, can do next week. about. You- I would love to hear that, and then maybe we'll we'll kind of talk about you know breastfeeding and and all that stuff. We'll, we'll go through all that stuff, you and I.
1: All right. Well, uh, well, plenty of, uh, Oscar to learn about in the, in the weeks and, and months to come. But that's, uh, that, that's Patreon content, folks. You're, you're just getting raw tonight. That's it. That's it. Um, that's but it. yes, we have, a. Uh, so tell me a little bit about, um, what, if any, you have uh, followed over, uh, the past month. I mean, have you been kind of dipping in and out? What's, what's sort of been your, your schedule this last month when it, when it comes to just keeping up with the various programs?
0: Well, I'll tell you. I mean, um, I don't know if I'll ever really Find myself to have this sort of opportunity again to take as big of a step back from doing this day to day as I had over the past month. So I really wanted to, especially, um, in the two weeks while we were waiting for the guy to, the, the, the baby to arrive. Um, I wanted to just detox, you know, from, from everything. But um, as much as I tried to, like, I still have very much of a fan's curiosity about the things that were happening, especially as, you know, WWE was under this new regime and uh, seeing so much, like, positive change, I will say. Um, and I still very much find myself, like, routinely out of habit, like, turning on wrestling on a Monday night, Wednesday night, and, you know, occasionally Friday night na- now as well, just to kind. Come- Kind of check in. So I still largely stayed plugged in. I was not watching as intently as obviously I I would, you know, while doing these shows, having something to talk about. But like I would have it on in the background. I would listen to podcasts. You know, I still have the general interest in that. Um, But I will say, like, largely my catch up was like the week prior to returning this week doing you know 2x viewings of a lot of things but i'm largely like pretty caught up tomorrow i'm going to spend a lot of time catching up really kind of more on the nuts and bolts of like what i've missed of AEW so far so um but i'm <laughs> keeping it up on all the stories yeah they, I, I recognize this i know i know everything that's been happening but i really want to like be able to say i've seen every single frame even if it's like you know double speed or something
1: uh so waiting is back Full time. He's not coming in to do a part time schedule, folks. He is. We are. We are throwing him into the gauntlet this week. So uh, we will be back. We we have dynamite on Wednesday night, SmackDown and Rampage on Friday, and then this weekend we will be doing two post shows because. What, what a, what a welcome back weekend for, for Waiting. After, after you just got through labor, we're going through the pains of Labor Day weekend, uh, with two yeah. pay per views, uh, Clash at the Castle that's happening Saturday afternoon and then All Out on Sunday. So we will do shows after both of those. Saturday will be a post wrestling cafe show. Sunday, uh, will be free for everybody with Davy and Braden joining us to go through both, uh, Worlds Collide and the All Out. Pay per view. You are not required to watch uh, Worlds Collide. I'm largely going to pass that off to Davy and Braden as they are listening to this. But uh, that will be a packed show on a very packed day on Sunday. So lots to look forward to, and uh, just two interviews to let people be aware of. Today is the 30th anniversary of Bret Hart and Davey Boy Smith, the British Bulldog at Wembley Stadium. Uh, so Stephen Bell, who was a guest on the uh, the Post Daily News Show earlier this year, uh, chatting about the book he wrote on Dynamite Kid and Bulldog, uh, is on with me today chatting about that match and all of the different implications, how that event was originally earmarked for Washington, D.C., and then they moved it and uh, they staged it at Wembley Stadium and all of the different uh, trials and tribulations of Davey Boy Smith that year that... He wins the Intercontinental title, and within two months, he's been fired by the WWF. So that's already up on the free feed. And then this Friday, I'm going to be dropping an interview with Michael Landsberg, the former host of TSN's Off the Record. uh, Had a a great discussion uh, with Michael Landsberg about many of his very popular interviews, uh, including multiple sit-down interviews with Vince McMahon, all about the process of... Uh, the launch of Off the Record, what, how wrestling played a really big role in establishing that brand when it launched in 1997. Uh, right after the Owen Hart death, the, the whole crew flying down to Stamford, Connecticut to do various interviews with the McMahon family. Uh, lots of interesting stories. Um, if you are a Canadian viewer that uh, grew up with, with Off the Record, I think you'll find it to be a very interesting discussion later on this week that we'll be dropping
0: i'm looking forward to it very much so you know you're keeping very busy with these bonus interviews um as if you know the the regular day-to-day wasn't enough so uh stellar content is always that i'm sure everybody will enjoy
1: i was lonely way i needed people to talk to so uh, i i reached out to strangers so that that was my uh that was my past month but we are back into the uh the swing of things and of course you can go up to dot com and keep up to date with uh with all the latest news i think we're gonna we're gonna dive into raw and uh get some of uh ways thoughts on tonight's show from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the beautiful PPG Paints Arena. Stellar.
0: Yes, yes. Yes, I'm I'm sure um uh, you know, looking uh, pretty and and well decorated as ever. Um sure, why not?
1: Opening things up, it was right to a wrestling match with AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler taking on Damian Priest and Finn Balor, who are accompanied by Rhea Ripley. Uh, Balor's making the two sweet hand signals towards AJ in the corner, and Styles goes for a flip off of Damian's back, and Priest just kind of loses his footing, and this was just an awkward moment that the two had. We, we go through the commercial, and Balor calls for a Styles clash on Ziggler, that's turned into a Famouser, and then AJ runs the ropes, and he's about to knock into Balor, but he holds up, and he doesn't want to... I guess, injure his opponent. So he stops, and then Priest knocks AJ into Balor, sending Balor to the floor, and then AJ stops a South of Heaven, lands the Ushiguroshi, and applies the calf crusher on Priest. They get to the rope, and then the reckoning is stopped. Priest goes for the world's slowest spin kick that AJ miraculously uh, gets out of the way from, and then the referee misses Ziggler's roll-up on Priest, allowing uh, for a super kick, and then Ziggler's hit with South of Heaven, and Damian Priest pins Dolph Ziggler, and I don't know, this one to me... Uh, Byron noted that this shows how in sync the Judgment Day is. They did not seem to be in sync with their opponents in in this match. I just found this to be off at certain points. In particular, Priest and AJ, they just seemed to be um, one was just reading something different from the other at different points.
0: Mm. I I, I certainly like noticed some of those spots as well. I, I wouldn't necessarily say they were enough to maybe derail the match for me. Like I, I thought it was of a certain standard that I think you've come to expect from this crop of, of opponents. What started to me was uh, it seemed like they were hinting at a bigger story between AJ and Finn here, as if their relationship over, I don't know, uh, a month. Um I mean, the... Well, whole Bullet Club thing, I suppose. Bullet Club is for life, and 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 for that reason, um, he refused to attack Finn Balor uh, on the apron here. I don't know if they're trying to tell a deeper story between the two, even though both of them sort of had their programs going into uh, Clash at the Castle, or at least Finn Finn does. But um, it, it's hinting towards something deeper, and I certainly feel like it's a bit more time. You know, it's time for like an AJ versus Finn uh feud right now because it's it's sort of a loose end that was never really addressed after Finn pretty much kind of. turned, you know, um, um, suddenly to join judgment day. So that could be interesting.
1: Edge then pulls up in his truck and the judgment day, they return to the ring and the crowd's chanting. We want edge. And Ripley says, edge. We saw that you're here. Yes. Yes. They, they have acknowledged his existence and threatens to smash his manhood. Finn Balor is sick of all the legends and is mad that edge and Ray got documentaries which led to him yelling where is my documentary where is my a and e special <laughs> this had to be the, the goofiest uh anger from a heel in recent memory priest says he beat edge last week but the referee missed it and he doesn't have his hometown friends nor beth to save him this week and we all know that beth is the one that wears the pants in your relationship so edge comes out and he states how priest's ego was too big I wanted to pass my glory down to you and Beth and him both wear the pants and it's 2022 stop being a caveman or you're going to be single for the rest of your life. So look at this. Some, some, uh, a little bit of a gender equality in our pro wrestling promos would be nice. That's what edge is trying to say here. Riddle did Mm. not hear about this before he did his interview with Seth Rollins later on.
0: Oh yeah, no, no, no. Um, no wokeness I suppose in, in that feud but um yeah this was a a big reaction for Edge I have to say which which is more than I could say for a lot of the matches uh, in Pittsburgh today because I I certainly felt like it was uh, maybe in comparison to Toronto of course but you know Pittsburgh itself I I I didn't think really came out for some big reactions for much of the rest of the show but I thought Edge had a really big one he came out feeling like a major star and uh sure some some good lines some decent lines between them
1: yeah, he included that they look emo, like they couldn't score tickets to My Chemical Romance.
0: Yes, yes, I think when you're going for for the emo punchline, you know MCR is a pretty good, um, I, I default choice. You know, a lot of people know them. They're they're sort of like a, I don't know, um, your default emo band <laughs> that you can make fun of. It's it's amusing though, because I mean, if anything, Edge was the one who created the look for the other two. Right, so who's he really insulting there?
1: Yeah, that, that, that's definitely a uh, definitely a fair comment. Well, the uh, the black parade continued here as Ray and Dominic <laughs> showed up. Did you just up. Google that? <laughs> <laughs> I was changing my notes here. Oh, okay, Dominic shows up. Dominic to me would be. The ultimate. As soon as they brought up the emo joke, and then we see Dominic here. I'm like, this is this is a a direction for Dominic. This should be where, where he's going. So yeah. they attack with kendo sticks, and then Dominic is alone with Rhea Ripley. And dude, the, dude, the tension here in, in this ring. I mean, it was uh, it was something.
0: And he what sort the of tension? What what are they teasing here? You know, I mean, I maybe maybe I'm the caveman here, thinking, oh, a man and a woman in the ring. Are they teasing some sort of relationship? Um, no, no. I, I suppose this is that. It's just what. It's a sub and a Dom, isn't it? But reversed with the Dom being uh, the sub. Uh, I, I think that's exactly it.
1: Yes. He will not okay. put the kendo stick down. And then Rhea finally takes it away as Edge and Ray return and Balor and Priest pull Rhea Ripley away. Uh, but to me, the, the focus is Rhea Ripley and Dominic above the others
0: very much so yeah uh, and i'll say you know this entire thing has really made dominic uh, to me pretty interesting the most interesting he's been in quite a while and uh i think they're teasing it pretty well you know it's it's nice and subtle as we'll talk about mo- a bit more in the follow-up here uh and then after this of course they would go on to announce the tag match
1: kevin patrick is with the miz and champa and miz was a uh was freed from captivity last week after he was kidnapped in Toronto and, uh, I guess, let free. And Miz explains that Dexter Loomis isn't even a WWE superstar and he's not going to answer any questions about what happened when Dexter Loomis... Uh, took him last week and whether he had anything to do with his arrest that happened on NXT 2.0 last Tuesday. So they are, Mm -hmm. they are weaving in NXT to actually have some kind of storyline connection to this whole Dexter Loomis program, which was actually nicely done last week where they did kind of at least give some kind of write-off to Dexter and Indy Hartwell, which you never got last year. It was just one. All of a sudden the, the husband was released and he's gone and he's just left his wife in NXT. So they kind of tied that loose end up last week.
0: Yes, they did. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if that was simply because Dexter Lubis had a history in NXT and because he was they wanted him there for, for the whole Indy Hartwell, you know, uh closure that they decided to shoot that extra angle in, in the first place, or if we're going to see continued perhaps, you know, um weaving of storylines between raw and smackdown and nxt i don't know if last week was just a unique circumstance but i i I certainly like it you know like let's get back to treating nxt as if it was actually a third brand here even though you're you're pretty much committing to using it as a developmental brand at this point on tv doesn't mean you you can't find opportunities to make it feel relevant if you're a fan of raw and smackdown
1: raquel rodriguez and aliyah bougie and the badass and tonight you'll be able to call us tag team champions and the new thing is they're best friends they've known each other in the pc for all of these years and they are best friends and to convey this they hug all the time
0: they can't keep their hands off each other these two you know one's jumping in the other's arms all the time yeah they're 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 i don't want to say they're suddenly best friends because i could buy that you know Ali has been in that pc for what like Twelve years or something, so I'm sure she's best friends with a lot of people. So I can buy that these two have some sort of history together, um and I suppose it's as much reason as we need to you know justify this team up.
1: But they 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 had no relationship on SmackDown all these months, but then the tournament happens. To, wait, is that you, Raquel? Aaliyah? Are you in this yeah. locker room too? I never see you because you're never booked on this show.
0: Yeah. Well, there's you a lot you don't badass. see. There's a lot you don't see off screen. Yeah. Um. I, it, They they, honestly, and they're very interesting um, coming out of this show, as we'll talk more about. But uh, their presentation thus far has been very vanilla, you know, just very generic baby faces, as Raquel really has been, you know, uh, about as generic smiley of a baby face as you can get. And um, uh, again, their treatment coming out of this show is is one that, um, you know, certainly inspires a, a lot more thoughts than you would expect just from a generic tag team.
1: We had a quick match with Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss, defeating Danny Moe, Kayla Sparks, and Katie Arquette, who had the distinction of being on both Raw and uh, Dark Elevation tonight. Uh, she was just identified as Katie Ark
0: here. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Has somebody done that before?
1: Yes. It, it has happened uh, be- be- before. Oh, so it's but... not
0: even that special of a feat?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's um, – like it has happened before. I mean, it's it's – I mean – I don't know. People are like blown away. It's like, Oh my God. She was on to two shows. It's like, yeah, one was taped last week and now she's on the other show this week. I mean, it's, uh, like it's, it's not that wild. It's, uh, it's, it's the forbidden
0: possible. door opens and closes with, Katie she was Arc. in
1: Cleveland on Wednesday <laughs> and she's in Pittsburgh on Monday. That's, that's only a couple of days. So yes, uh, Arquette is, uh, Run into Oscar's ass in the corner, and then Oscar hits a German and a sliding knee to Danny Mo. Uh, Arquette makes the save as Oscar has the cover on Mo, and then Bliss hits a DDT. There's a K.O.D. taking out Kayla Sparks, and then Oscar with the side Russian leg sweep and uh, armbar with like kind of a kind of your uh, uh, octopus. Like okay, an octopus. And, and submits her in three minutes and seventeen seconds. So this is a nice quick win for your baby faces, and you know, fine for what it was.
0: I thought it was a nice idea to showcase, you know, this trios team that's about to go into the pay-per-view through a jobber match when traditionally I feel like we've just largely seen jobber matches reserved for, like, your monsters, like a Braun Strowman or a Beer Mahan or something. Um So I thought it was a good idea. This crowd did not seem to agree, though, because they were not responsive at all, really, for the, the the duration of this match. And not to say the match was all that great, nor did I see that much chemistry between the three of them as, like, a unit, um, but I at least would would expect uh, you know a bit bigger reaction given the the combined star power of the three. Perhaps it would have been better to you know feed like three actual roster members to them, but I I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't have received that big of a reaction either way.
1: Then they just did a promo about Saturday's match, and Air referred to bailey dakota kai and EO Sky doing damage control but on on saturday they are taking control so they continue to use the uh the damage control name but have not officially named this group um e- even though that that continues to be the wording that is associated with them
0: what are they waiting for are they waiting for like a t-shirt to be made or, or something like what well it's been uh, a month
1: maybe they're taking extra care that it is um that they can uh, trademark it and that it's not affiliated with any porn
0: sites. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that is, that is wise.
1: They've, they've run into those problems in the past. So you want to, you want to get ahead of that first. Ms. Mm. and Chompa are with Adam Pierce and Chompa is continually referring to him as Mike. Mike has a lot of distractions, and Pierce offers him counseling and any resources that the company can offer him. Miz is like, that's really nice, considering I'm an independent contractor. And Miz just wants to focus on the match tonight, because after this traumatic event last week, he's and being kidnapped on WWE's watch, like this guy could have a lawsuit on his hands, they're booking him in a match one week later with Bobby Lashley. So Miz did not press charges, and therefore Dexter Loomis has been released. And Pierce says, by Miz not talking about it, it's making it easy for Loomis to get away with it. And Miz is just pissed that you put me in a match with Bobby
0: Lashley. But Pierce says, you know what? Quarter hours. That's it, yeah. I I thought the Miz was really funny here. I I I think he, you know, despite what I perceived as sort of like a bit more of a diminished role for him since you know this this new regime has come in and i mean maybe it's inevitable because champa has really to me felt like the focal part of the act over the past month and Miz has almost been relegated more into like a managerial role as somebody who takes sometimes the quick losses whereas champa is being much more protected as a serious act despite all that though i feel like the Miz has really embraced it He's still like performing his ass off as a as a com- comedy act, and I felt like he did the same here uh essentially kind of you know playing a traumatized victim for whatever secret torture dexter loomis um did to him i'm s I'm betting it's it's something involving his balls, and he's so embarrassed like he he just can't talk about it um i i hope this ends like i i can appreciate it now as like it's sort of a bit of comedy and i hope i could still continue to appreciate it as a a bit of common comedy rather than any sort of like territory that actually makes me think about people that that might actually be suffering from any sort of trauma like worthy of like you know counseling for instance but i thought the Miz did a good job
1: yeah i i didn't think about the um the potential of his like balls being whatever what was done to them but um yeah, maybe that's that's the whole.
0: Maybe he here. drew his balls. Like, isn't that what Dexter Loomis does? He s- sketches.
1: And De- and Dexter has the the portrait of his balls to reveal to everybody how big they really are.
0: <sighs> that's it. That is the secret. So solved. Yeah, this might
1: be th- this might be the end of the honeymoon period that Paul Levesque has been enjoying for this past month. This might be the storyline that that really takes everybody into the new era.
0: <laughs> this was certainly, yeah, a test of how much this new regime actually has has changed.
1: And then it was time to bring out Pittsburgh's own Kurt Angle. And he came out to a very nice reaction. And all of a sudden, dude, this guy went in his 2003 track suit and he's showing off his abs at 53. He, this guy was bound and determined. I'm showing up at in Pittsburgh and I'm not wearing a shirt. And he came out here. Yeah. He's got his Olympic gold medal on. And this guy, he like, he just had, what was it like? Double knee surgery, like not too long ago. I mean, mm-hmm.
0: um, you know, look, hey, man, you don't have knees, you could still work out your abs, okay? And, and this guy uh, certainly has. He he looks to be in tremendous shape. I mean, imagine trying to stay motivated at that age, John. I mean, this is granted, this is a super athlete, Olympian, but still, you know, like if you don't have a reason to show it off. Uh, your once a year appearance on TV, like uh, I'm sure, more than justifies it. So he came up with a, you know, this is Pittsburgh. Great deal of, um, you know, um, reaction for him. They zoom into one fan sign in the crowd that read, "Welcome back, Kurt." Yes. C U R T. And I'm like, seriously, really? This this guy, this man's only been around for like you know, 20 plus years. I mean, if you're from Pittsburgh, I'm assuming you might know a little bit about his Olympic run as well. C U R T. Should have thrown the kid out. I hope it was a kid at least, yeah.
1: So Kurt's out, and he's interrupted by Alpha Academy. And Chad Gable calls Kurt a personal hero of his. And your story resonated when I was pursuing my Olympic hopes. And that says that he is not going to have his open challenge because there's not a shred of talent among these mouth breathers in Pittsburgh. And then goes to the crowd, hey, there's an Olympic hero in this ring, not to mention Kurt Angle. and says that... Yeah, very good line from Gable. I thought Gable was, was very funny here. Mm-hmm. He says that they can change the world and Kurt can join Alpha Academy for one night. Kurt declines and then they have a shush off where they just escalate and they're yelling shoosh to one another. And then as he Gable goes to unleash Otis on Kurt, the Street Profits run down in black and gold and state that if you mess with Kurt, you must want to get hurt. And I thought maybe... Maybe they had Daniel Pewter shirts and realized that, hey, wait a minute, that rhymes with Kurt. The the first person to rhyme Kurt with Hurt, yes. (laughs) And they're already in a bad mood because their bus was vandalized on SmackDown, and they're going to take it out on Alpha Academy. Gable's willing to accept this if they agree that if they beat the Street Profits, Kurt has to join Alpha Academy. And I'm expecting Kurt to state, wait a minute, what the hell do I get out of this? Like what does a Street Profits win do for me that would be risking me joining your group? But instead it's, oh, it's true, it's damn true. And that was the one thing. Like Kurt very much just felt felt like like the wind up toy that was just going to un- deliver all the classic lines and, and that that was kind of his his promo here was just to do all the uh all the usual lines in the in this promo. But the audience was into Kurt being out here.
0: Honestly, at this point, I, I'm not really expecting much more from these sort of like celebrity cameo appearances. Um, it, it seems like this is something that, that they're doing, you know, every time they're in a, a town that at least allows them to do something like this. Last week it was Trish. This week it, it was Kurt. It's just, you know, your special guest star from the past and we'll try to include them in a segment somehow and you'll feel all sort of nostalgic feelings as they deliver their, um, catchphrases and, uh, drinks milk and, and all that stuff. But, for somebody like a Chad Gable with this current incarnation of his heel character, I don't know if you could have a better dream partner um, you know, than a, than a Kurt Angle. There's obviously so much real-life history between Gable's admiration for Kurt Angle and their shared history as an Olympian, um, and I thought he had some really funny material, and the idea of him coaching Kurt Angle – to the next level i think i think is great so he was tremendous here and uh ford i thought was really good too i don't know if you noticed but like everything single thing he said was was a rhyme and it could have been very corny but i thought he delivered it pretty well
1: uh they also officially announced edge and ray against Balor and priest being added to the class show on saturday and that takes us yeah. to the street profits and alpha academy Dawkins uh, leaps over forward in the ring and ends with a tope con hero. Dawkins was just going all out here uh, throughout the, the beginning of the match. They, these, Four, I thought, had a, a really strong outing here. Uh, Gable cut him off with a, a dragon screw out of the corner. And then we see uh, Otis land his big spinning elbow that just drills Dawkins. Uh, Silencer, he comes back to hit onto Gable. And then Ford goes for a slingshot blockbuster, but is caught with Gable for a Northern Lights getting a two count. And Otis just presses Ford in the air, diving headbutt by Gable. Dawkins is in to make the save. And then Gable applies the ankle lock as he's eyeing Kurt, who is seated ringside. and Ford is able to get to his feet, backflips out and then he applies the ankle lock onto Gable, goes down to the mat and it's broken up with a splash from Otis and then Otis gets into Kurt's face and gets launched over the table by Angelo Dawkins and this ending sequence, we see Gable go for the American automatic, Ford flips over, landing on his feet and we see Dawkins hit a pounce sending Gable into the air to be met with a suplex by Ford and then from the heavens across the ring as Ford pins Gable, I I thought this match was great great that these uh, four had and a really strong finishing sequence too.
0: Yeah. I thought it was really strong as well. This sort of felt like your nine, nine PM showcase match um it with to me particular emphasis on making dawkins look like the standout showcasing his improved uh, athleticism and uh you know taking much of the spotlight when it's usually given to ford unfortunately this was another instance where i felt like the crowd was was not necessarily there for it um on screen watching it if watching this on mute i think you would have really appreciated this but i don't necessarily feel like it had for whatever reason the soundtrack even though the stakes were huge Sean, i mean kurt angle was set to join a alpha academy here but this this crowd unfortunately did not seem to, to buy it um but as a little celebrity interaction thing something for kurt angle to do i i really did not dislike it as as odd of a fit as angle and the street profits might be i mean he's kind of made a name for himself with, with odd fits with with his membership in the shield of course so um yeah i thought this was fine
1: yeah, it was uh, it was consistent throughout the show where you saw like the the audience was not super engaged into all the matches. You had some of that in in Toronto too. Like it does feel like it, it's it's uh, audiences that you know they get big into like the the entrances, the big near falls in, in the match, or or very big spots. But it's kind of just you know that that sustained level of just heat during during a match. You know, it varies certainly based on where they were, but you certainly felt the crowd come come down kind of in in the middle of some of these lengthier matches on the show. Then the street profits afterwards. They give a solo cup to Kurt Angle, and he takes a sip and spits it out, and instead goes and grabs milk to give to
0: Ford and Dawkins. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, I've I've seen enough bottles of milk over the past two weeks that I have, I think, in my entire adult life um so this kind of made me shudder a bit
1: yeah i I could maybe go without the guy who a big portion of his life is his sobriety to be making the joke about uh drinking something uh by
0: mistake but Uh, say i doubt they were thinking that deeply but you're there you go he didn't like it though he spat it out
1: the steelers are in attendance in the front row And we get footage from earlier in the day, this aerial shot of Rollins and Riddle in the parking lot, and they have to be separated. And that leads to our face-to-face interview that Corey Graves is hosting with Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins. And this was, um, well, the second part of this. Completely inspired, I, Im- I imagine, by John Jones and Daniel mm-hmm. Cormier and that famous segment that they had where they thought the mics were off or that they weren't live, and then the footage uh, leaked of-, of the two just going back and forth with each other. But the first half is the part that is, quote-unquote, airing on television, and... Rollins accuses Riddle of creeping by his bus, and Rollins says, it's, it's my time, you're not on my level, and Riddle says, I'm going to embarrass you, just like Reigns and Cody did, and Rollins responds, no one likes you, or the way you talk, but Riddle says he's going to be here for a long time, and Riddle's going to put him on the shelf right next to Cody, and, or sorry, that's what Rollins says, he's going to put Riddle on the shelf with Cody, and so anyway, it ends with Riddle stating he's going to prove there's only one man in Rollins' marriage, and that's Becky, bro. So Riddle still a caveman, according to Edge, which I just found it amazing that we had like that line earlier in the show, kind of pointing out like just how dated this kind of uh, thought process is. And then we have a babyface later in the show, pretty much do exactly that.
0: Yeah, but I mean, this, the man is Becky Lynch's nickname. You know, so it, it I uh, it, for a wrestling line, I thought it was clever. I think I think when you pair it with the one
1: earlier, that's just calling it out like it's just
0: silly. Like, um, and, it was also done to set up, of course, the the line, the the real cutting line that was to come later.
1: Yeah. So after the break, they state that they were still mic'd and they're going to air what what just happened during the break and Rollins points out about the line Riddle used about Rollins' family. He says, you don't have a family after your wife divorced you and took your kids and they don't want to see your bitch ass. And this prompts Riddle to storm back with F-bombs and calling him a bitch. We should also mention that he was... Uh, he 's back to being Matt riddle on the on the show. He was introduced as Matt Riddle in this segment, so it looks like he has regained his first name and, and it makes you wonder if that's going to sort of be an edict for a lot of these guys that have lost names over the years that they 're going to get back to but uh yeah this was um I hope that those being used for heat for a storyline uh, at least had a heads up that this was going to be used on national television and mm-hmm. I don't know if WWE really wants to be broadcasting a lot of this stuff about Matt Riddle and going to to Google.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's always the risk, isn't it? At the same time, I, I think, you know, if you're a um, professional wrestling creator, you want to look for ways to make the product feel more believable. To me, like, this has been a feud that's been okay. Like, they've had some pretty heated brawls, in ring, I've I've not doubted for one second that this match will be tremendous. But as characters, I've and as promos, I, I I've always felt like they were a bit lacking. And whether it's because it's it's a bit tough for me to take Riddle in a serious role after seeing him for like you know the better part of a year plus playing Surfer Dude, or if it's Seth Rollins still very much doing ha ha ha, you know it, it, seeing this little bit of like hey we're off air, uh, I'm gonna really kind of go for the jugular type of verbiage between the two actually for the first time made me believe in the rivalry. So I, I think that's what they're going for at the expense of perhaps some, you know, of the side effect of somebody Googling exactly what happened between Matt Riddle and his wife, for instance. Um, And again, I wonder how deeply they're thinking about, you know, those ramifications if, if they should, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, I would just say like for, for these kinds of angles, I think, um, I wouldn't want people to be blindsided, especially when you're talking oh, about yeah. like kids and stuff. And you know, if if you had you know th- some a really bad response of you know his wife like being upset about this and and voicing that after, like if you don't know this line is coming or something, like that is that is that could prompt a, re- a response. And I don't think that's the kind of attention you you want uh, at any time
0: yeah perhaps yeah i i will say i i enjoyed the like you know again i'm i'm stepping in after a month out so a lot of this still feels kind of fresh to me this sort of production and i felt like certain things that they included here like the john jones daniel cormier thing at the end or even like having um cell phone footage from some fan f- filming from the roof i guess you know of like seth rollins and, and maybe this was little. dexter loomis hanging out on on the roof sure maybe but um those little kind of production tricks, I, I still find very novel to see on Raw. They feel very un Vince and un Kevin Dunn like, and I can appreciate them because they 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 add a level of realism that I, I'm not used to on the main roster shows.
1: It's kind of taking something like the 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 parking lot footage of something that you could see a million times on WWE television, like a pull mm-hmm. apart. But let's how how can we do a pull apart a bit differently? Well, let's let's just do a different like kind of. Like aerial shot and d- just taking something like we we're not changing the substance of it. We're just showing a different
0: way to do it, and it looks different and it feels new. I especially appreciated the camera, the the cell phone cameraman's reactions and acting as he was filming it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Get him, Riddle.
1: <laughs> Man, he should have called him Matt Riddle. Made it feel really authentic. After you're that. right, yeah, yeah. Miz and Chompa are in the back walking uh, towards the ring. And Miz walks by Dexter Loomis. He freezes. He turns around. And it's a different security guard. So this is the classic Hulk Hogan ultimate warrior feud in WCW where
0: classic Miz is cra- uh, sort of used. Um, I, I don't yes.
1: Know. Yeah. And never really good. So Miz is out of his mind seeing things that all of us can also see. So we're also, we are the Miz. We are seeing what he's seeing. And it got even more ridiculous later when,
0: okay, we'll, we'll fast forward yeah. here a bit. This was more, I think, just the Miz being spooked by things that looked like Dexter Loomis, you know, or, or like it was a guy dressed in black. Oh, it was? This was actually it was, him? It was him. Yeah, oh, it wasn't like he,
1: was, he had his head turned around and it was just
0: a guy with blonde hair. It was actually Dexter Loomis with his face. Oh, I must have looked off screen. You mean, you mean like in the hallway here? He walks by Dexter Loomis, stops, oh, okay.
1: and then when he turns around, it's a different person there. So that's maybe gotcha, what you, gotcha. what you I'm saw. not going to so, miss that that one. Yeah. Uh, Bad Bunny is the two thousand twenty two MTV VMA artist of the year. So I'm imagining this WrestleMania deal is like, Okay, I'm gonna go train, I'm gonna do this match, and then you guys are gonna promote my work. Okay, like for the next three months, your next tour? No, forever. You're going to
0: promote everything I do in perpetuity. Okay, cool. I have to imagine like he's got some sort of long-term commitment with them, you know, and, and that maybe for WrestleMania, he's already got something booked. I have to think. Otherwise, yeah, what is the incentive?
1: It's it, believe me, it's great that they are so tied to this guy. I mean it mm-hmm. makes it makes sense.
0: He's got that um Spider Man movie coming out too, where he plays a wrestler, so I'm sure you're you're gonna get a ton of tie in there too.
1: Bobby Lashley against the Miz, Ciampa is in the corner. Uh, Lashley hits a uses a delayed vertical and sends Miz to the floor. And Champa goes up to Miz and Miz winds up like he's going to hit Chompa because he's all paranoid. And they go to break after he gets knocked down by a by a shoulder block. Liz, uh, Lashley then goes to run Miz into the post and Champa climbs onto the post to use himself as a shield, allowing Miz to capitalize and take over. Uh, with Lashley getting rammed into the desk and to the steps, Lashley then comes back, tosses him around, and sets up for the spear with Chompa pulling Miz out to the floor and Miz gets his necklace and the referee is telling him to remove this necklace from the ring allowing Chompa to strike Lashley and sets up a near fall after Miz hits a DDT and as Miz then goes for the skull crushing finale. He looks out and sees Dexter Loomis at the top of the of the aisleway uh, towards the concourse area, and the whole crowd turns around and they all react to seeing Dexter Loomis. So remember this, and then Loomis disappears. Champa does not see him, and Miz gets caught in the Hurt Lock and is submitted by Bobby Lashley.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, a match. I. I think you. Uh, not not really worth commenting on. I mean, it's it, it's a match that I think you you know exactly what you're, you're going to get with with the Miz versus Bobby Lashley. It was perfectly fine for WWE Raw TV, uh, but really a vehicle to to continue this Lubis and Miz story. And as I mentioned, I think the Miz is very good as sort of this sort of comedic spooked out victim of this like supernatural act in dexter loomis he sells this sort of thing the way like a you know a Yokozuna or a, a kamala would to, when they were selling for the undertaker um it's mid-card comedy that i think the miz excels at and i don't mind it in small doses unfortunately i felt like it kind of hindered some bigger projects here in lashley and champa who you know La- champa i feel like has been enjoying some real good focus as like a serious act on a show and in this match it felt like he was more so again relegated to like comedy sidekick again the spot of him like actually cowering to bobby lashley after lashley like you know pretended to deck him i thought was completely completely unnecessary him climbing the ring post like a tree like to protect the miz i thought was stupid and made him look you know like just just like a geek um and even lashley in winning the match it, it felt like Yes, he had a two-on-one disadvantage, um, but still, it felt like he needed Dexter Loomis to beat the Miz, the Miz of all people. You know, so I don't think it did either of those two any favors. And what are we doing here? You know, we're 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 kind of in a way sacrificing like, sacrificing those two for the Miz and Dexter Loomis. And you know, as I was following along, at least you know, very casually, John, hearing all the names that were coming back. Oh, Carrying Cross, cool. Hit Row, cool. Dexter Loomis, what? Like, I don't know what sort of bidding war there was for this guy, and how of all people Triple H decided to put his neck out to bring this guy back. He must love this act for some reason. I don't, and I, I don't know why. It, it's so different from like all the other things that he's been like, you know, pushing up to the main roster. He he loves this sort of kidnapping, spooky shit.
1: I think they want to have like a. Not like a, a parallel character to, but kind of the same principle that Kane served. Like this guy that can do all the wacky stuff that we can come up with and he's this character that's uh totally different from everyone. I I think it feels very um you know, the guy plays the character great, but I'm just I'm not all that interested in this. I feel it's um it's going to be a big time suck on this show, and I think tonight's show, with very much evidence of it, that we're we're getting back to all this, you know, can we see this? Can we not see this stuff? It kind of goes counter to I think a lot of the high points that this show has been receiving the last few weeks. Kind of going against this this sort of thing.
0: Agreed. Yeah. It, it just, it, it, especially now, it felt really out of place during Black and Gold. I'll say, you know, Loomis feels more like a two point character. Even though he, 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 you know, they were phasing out of him by that point, but like, especially now in in what feels like a revamped black and gold version of Raw, like Loomis especially feels a bit out of place.
1: We go to the locker room and Edge has some photos for Kurt Angle doing a a spoof on their segment that they did 20 years ago, where Kurt's he's not going to fall for this again. Where there's some message written on the back that he's oblivious to, uh, but the first photo's blank and Kurt is just. Completely trusting now of Edge after the first photo is a real one. And he continues to go through them. And the first one reads that he's, uh, he, bol- he brings up uh, him and Ray beating Kurt Angle for the tag titles. And I was amazed because I was like, you're right. Kurt Angle held the tag titles by himself. And he lost the tag titles all by himself. How did he do that? How did he have a run as a tag champion
0: uh, all those years ago? I you know I my memory is very foggy, um, I, I I don't quite remember. Yeah, um, but you didn't see the photo either, so there you go. I I thought it was a really nice way to you know again make the best use of uh, uh, you can of these sort of nostalgic acts by drawing the association of a Kurt Angle with people that was that that were there you know for his initial run. This was a callback to, I don't know how well remembered necessarily like this segment was from back in the day, but like the moment that they started to do it again, I, I remembered. So I thought it was a really nice little nod to long-time fans.
1: It's one of those. If, if, if you were watching around then, I think you'd probably remember this. If not, it's it's still a funny bit where you, totally. you get what the joke is just mm-hmm. on, on its surface without the, uh, the context. Totally. So anyway, he goes through, you know, beating him for the U.S. title, starting the You Suck chant, and at the end it says, You Still Suck. And Kurt's just over the moon about these photos before he turns around with Ray and Dominic there and reads the back and yells, Cripes on Friday, he did it again. So... Kurt was just a A1 geek on the, on this show, but a, a lovable one. And Dominic, then, is alone with Ray. So, are you ready? Oh, yeah. i waited a month for this. Dad, I thought this would be a family thing at Clash of the Ch- Castle. Ray tells him, this is about family. Edge is family. I just need that experience. But I need you to still be in our corner. Dad! You're gonna make me fly all across the world just to be in your corner? What the fuck is going on? I understand. I will be in your corner, father. So he's going all the way to Wales just to be in this guy's corner. What a son. Ray deserves it if he turns on if he turns
0: on dad. I'm sure the sightseeing will be nice, you know, for, for young Dominic here. Um, I'm loving this Dom Snowburn. You know, like it's, I think they're doing a good job with the verbiage. They're doing a good job with the actions. And it's a role where I feel like Dominic's delivery is actually perfect for this, whatever he's going through. This sort of naive, innocent little boy who, I mean, even though we all suspected you, in in story, you could buy that he will never turn on his poor father. Um, so... That mullet's been coming in real good and you know, once that goatee is it is in, it's it's all over.
1: Yeah, I, I like that they had this segment because earlier you have Ray and Dominic just show up with the kendo sticks, and mm-hmm. the last we had seen was Edge had speared Dominic and Dominic went AWOL and we just didn't know what the deal was. And then to just bring him back, this was at least okay. They're not just dropping that aspect of the story. They're still res- there's you're still teasing this resentment from Dominic towards Edge and Ray picking Edge over his son.
0: Yeah, Don and Edge shared a fist bump in the ring as if to say, "Hey, like that." There was that acknowledgement. Sort of old, yes, old news now, but there's still still resentment there, which which uh, I think is is being very nicely subtly told. In putting away more money for retirement, because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Uh, there was a video for Conor's cure that they were uh, promoting on the show, and then some kids
1: showing in the crowd with Titus O'Neil and the Usos come out. They, this was great. They kept promoting throughout the show. The bloodline will be here. Well, the bloodline minus Roman Reigns was
0: going to be here. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, as long as Sami is in there with oh one of those God. guys, that's the bloodline now. I don't, I don't care about the rest. He, he's the key ingredient. Sami Zayn is my
1: favorite person in WWE right now. He, yeah. like Every week, he's been doing these great segments with Roman Reigns, and they're in this entrance. He, this guy needs to come out with the Usos theme every time. From now on, oh he goodness. was awesome. Here, I could, if I had time, <laughs> I would have just rewound and watched this multiple times. He was the best coming out to the Usos theme, it was so awesome. <laughs> he's the best, he's the best. They cut a promo about the bloodline running both shows. Roman's gonna beat Drew on Saturday, and they get interrupted by Kevin Owens.
0: The, be- the best he- thing is like Zane, he's like he's throwing the ones up with these guys, he's yelling, Yeet like <laughs> like yeet you know it's the best he's so incredibly aware of who he is what his role is and the exact perfect thing he needs to do to play dorky white guy amongst the coolest table in the company the
1: photo that that circulates all the time of the 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 bloodline and with zane as like yeah. teenagers it's just it's the best Amazing. It just it's so Amazing. it's so perfect to yeah. describe this relationship so Kevin is out, and he states that he is the one that runs this show and says that Roman still owes him one. And Jay asks, is this this your boy, Sammy? And Sammy is just caught in the middle here. He says, technically, yes. Technically, yes. Could you imagine that way?
0: Technically, yes.
1: Are you friends with Pollock? Technically, yes. (laughs) Yes. And he tells Zayn to get him before Jay does. So Zayn is put in the middle here. And he explains to Kevin that Roman Reigns doesn't owe anyone anything ever. That's how it is. Owen says, it's really sad. It's very sad to see, Sammy, that you have forgotten that you're one of the greatest in-ring performers of all time. And you're being reduced to being the Bloodlines clown. You're still my best friend. You're family. It's sad. It's really sad. You should reassess things. Called him a the, brother. The, yes, he called him a brother. And th- this was the classic. It's it's way worse. It's one thing for someone to be upset at you. It's 10 times worse for someone to be disappointed in you. And this was mm. Kevin being disappointed in him. Mm. And the blo- Sammy explains, the bloodline likes me. Jimmy likes me. And Jay we're working on it. We're working on it. Well, Roman likes me. And then Jay threatens Owens if he doesn't leave. But Owens walks right into the ring and says that Jay and Paul Heyman are the only reason he did not end Roman's title reign at last year's Royal Rumble 18 months ago. And that for two years, you've been, you've, your head has been up your cousin's ass and ends it by stating, now's the time where we put the microphones down, we get a referee,
0: and we just fight. great stuff great stuff stuff here from everybody involved including kevin owens who came across like such a badass here he had so many moments where he was just like he was stepping into you know a three-on-one disadvantage and when uh, things got uh you know escalated to to uh, physical altercation he looked in the back saw that nobody was coming to to you know his aid and proceeded to walk into the fire anyway uh he's you know he's he's doing some some tremendous work right now as as this sort of badass baby face and i thought he was great zane's character is so incredibly Compelling in every single one of these backstage or, or in front of stage performances with the bloodline, he has nailed every single de- delivery that he needs to convey, whether it's comedy or some sort of, I don't know, um, quandary about whether or not he stays loyal to his friend or or, or to his, his new friends. In this case, he's found himself caught between, you know, ex friend, uh, who appreciates him for his true self, um, or his new mean girls friends the cool click you know that that he has to pretend to be somebody else for and i love that he's they're just doing such a great job of of telling these stories in particular i love his relationship with jimmy uh, jay uso i love his relationship with jimmy uso as well like they have that ridiculous jimmy's like this
1: guy's kind of cool
0: yeah and they have the ridiculous handshake to prove it which I, i think you and i should learn john um but jay's performances i think have been very good too you know he's doing such a good job of looking mean and completely unfriendly and i would argue like i feel like it's this might be the most distinct i felt like the two usos have been for quite some time the fact that they each have their own feelings towards zane and they play such vastly different characters at this point so everybody in this was tremendous
1: and they, they had a nice match here. Uh, they go to the floor and Jimmy distracts, allowing for Jay to hit a super kick. And then a Samoan drop to Owens onto the steps. That sets up the commercial break. Uh, we come back. The stunner and super kick are both stopped from each other. Owens then hits his own super kick and sets up Jay for the pop-up. But he lands on his feet, super kicking Owens and hits the Uso splash for a near fall. Tries another with Owens. Cradling him and then Jimmy gets knocked off the apron. Owens hits a frog splash and then to the floor he goes and he's about to hit an apron bomb when Sammy steps in and he takes his eye off of Jay to deal with Sammy and allows Jay to land a dive onto Owens and the Usos instruct Sammy get a chair and Sammy's what what chair what chair. And he goes, he gets a chair, and he's so conflicted as Owens is draped on the rope, and they're telling him to hit him. And just as he's about to, he has to make a decision, he spots the referee, and he can't hit Owens with the chair. Jimmy is furious, and Zane's explaining he would have disqualified you. So he's got the out here, and with that, Jay turns around, he's stunned by Owens, and Owens gets the win
0: we saw some other spot earlier in the evening with uh finn balor and and uh, aj styles except i felt obviously this one was far better told you know because you had the promo time between kevin and sammy and also because kevin and sammy you have a much longer believable history than finn and aj styles um but i thought they told the next chapter in this whole thing uh really well here sammy as he Fucks up at the end, slides into the ring to try to make the save, and he gives the best facial expression ever that the camera closes in on. Like he knew he just fucked up with both Jay and uh, the Tribal Chief. Um, good match, you know. Uh, again, Jay Uso I think has been great. Kevin Owens has been on a, a real great run uh, ever since he you know fully turned babyface, and it seems to continue this build for Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. Which how how do you see that? When do you see that match happening? And um, is it? does it telegraph a, a finish at certain finish at clash of the castle?
1: I mean, it's um like the, the match it, it, it's tough because it would almost have to be like, I don't think reigns is scheduled for the October show. So you've got, you could do it on TV and then you're looking at like survivor series. If you are going to go that direction, or if you're just leaving, this as kind of this kind of this ultimate goal for, for Kevin Owens that, um, mm-hmm. Because I, I I don't completely throw out the notion of uh, of Drew winning on on Saturday, and I think yeah. like the more you like, they've gone all the way with, with Drew on this this build up, and it's just it's really hard for me to see him losing on on Saturday. But a, a, at the same time, there's there's been a lot of those those cases where it's just been dominance for for Roman and. That that could happen. I I think the audience is going to be into both. To be quite honest, I don't think it's going to be a strict uh, Drew crowd. Like I think Roman will be like it's. I think the uh, the atmosphere is going to be tremendous for that match on Saturday.
0: Agreed, agreed. So in that sense, they can really go with either guy, you know, coming out of Clash at the Castle. But I, I think I, I I'm in agreement that I, I I see Drew as more of a favorite just to make a bit of a statement at at this you know big stadium show overseas. Um, and if that is the case, you know, are they? When we're speaking of Kevin Owens, are they working overtime to try to, you know, uh, swerve us, to misdirect us into thinking that we're going to get Owens versus Reigns right after Clash at the Castle?
1: Yeah, which is just like it can just be this elusive thing of Kevin Owens with with Roman Reigns. Like they're bringing up their match from a year and a half ago. And it's like there's no Mm -hmm. reason that like we're we're so conditioned in WWE that it's these like – these thirty-day periods that exist, like this, is stuff that this can be a long-term uh, story that you, that you get to when you're ready to do it with with Owens and Reigns, and it doesn't have to be in in three or four weeks' time. Bailey, Sky, and Kai—they just cut a, a quick promo backstage. They won't stop at Raw; they're going to take over this entire company and prove they are in control with the tag titles. Just a, a simple promo to set the table for the main
0: event. You know, we we've talked about how. Um uh, you know, uh, what's her name? Raquel and Aaliyah uh, evidently have this long-standing friendship between the two. I-, I found it really odd that they've never acknowledged Dakota and Raquel's past together until... correct brought it I'm up in the, in, in the match. In the match itself, by Corey yeah. Graves, almost as like an off-handed remark. Oh, by the way, these two were NXT Tag Team Champions together. But if you're, you know, they've acknowledged the way, they, they've really acknowledged a whole lot from NXT over the past month. Um, you figure... You're like, this would be sort of like one of the main things, especially now that, you know, this match ended up being in the finals. So I'm a little bit surprised they they didn't, you know, ramp up, especially in this promo from Dakota, at least mentioning that, hey, I know you very well, Raquel, you know, something like that.
1: The Miz is leaving the arena in a panic. Ciampa runs up to Mike and explains how he's worried about him. Miz says he's fine. And then Kevin Patrick stops the Miz as he's getting into the car. And Kevin Patrick asks the Miz, what did you see during the match? What did you see during the match? So if you're the viewer, you saw Dexter Loomis. This entire arena stood up to look at Dexter Loomis. But we're to believe that this is a figment of everyone's imagination. This is completely preposterous.
0: I didn't see anything. What are you talking about?
1: Well, Kevin, you and Kevin Patrick missed, uh, there's Dexter no,
0: Lewis. nobody there. I didn't see him in the hall. I didn't see him in the hallway. I didn't see him in, in this arena. What are you talking about, John? Okay. Are you okay. Well, I, I guess I'm losing. You all right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, well, dude. Well. It's like, it's the whole, like, I don't know, Elias, uh, Ezekiel thing. It's, it's, it, it, it'll be funny when the audience plays along. Right. Um, but you, these things have to. But, but
1: wait a minute! This is not. It's. This would be something if, like, Miz was the one that was nuts here. But it's like we're nuts. Like we're with Miz here. Kevin Patrick did right. not see, but the fans saw this. So you know what I mean? It's like it's it's the reverse of like we're not in on the
0: joke here. We are the joke. You know, I, I need a chart. I need a di- di- diagram to, to work that out. But it's like, it, in the end, it's mid-card comedy, and um, I can appreciate it in small doses. This felt like a bit more than a small dose, though.
1: I, I do feel that this storyline is very interesting to watch the overall reaction to, because I will guarantee you, six months ago, this is completely panned. And today... I think, like, you are going to have more people that are open-minded to something like this because that's the overall attitude, I think, towards WWE creative at the the moment. And that's very Mm. interesting to see a storyline like this and that there's benefit of the doubt versus just another stupid paranormal um, angle that's being introduced here. Like, we were were mocking the idea of a potential supernatural direction for the Judgment Day. And this, like, I'm seeing more embracing of this than
0: rejection. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know because I, I that'll be interesting to see because, like, to me, Loomis and Miz are hardly like darlings, you know, of the internet um, community. But I, th- you know, much like I thought, I think you saw a lot of support for Ezekiel and, and Elias at the end, um, including myself, who who found it very entertaining. Um, maybe maybe people are entertained just as much by this whole thing.
1: There was a taped interview with Johnny Gargano in the empty arena earlier in the day and he's talking about being out of the ring for the longest time since he was eight years old and theory did not ruin his week last week. He says theory is like family to him. Theory's got every genetic gift that I don't have and with that theory walks down and sits next to Gargano and said you never called when I became United States champion or money in the bank winner and Gargano's like dude I've I've been busy.
0: Yeah, I'm busy. sorry I didn't call to congratulate you on on your stellar interview um, you know, um this this week and and everything else, John. You I was busy. Yeah,
1: you you didn't call um because <laughs> you're a little bit jealous while you're playing stay at home dad, but way,
0: you're swimming with the sharks now. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. Hey man, I I thought this was very good. I was wondering how they would follow up with Gargano and I think typical expectation especially when they introduced this sort of a um, backstage interview was that a Theory would come in and you'd get an attack. I felt this was much better. Like Theory instead sat down and had a conversation with Gargano and uh, they, you know, they accomplished a whole lot here in telling us a lot about the backstory between the two, not just if you're an NXT viewer, but, you know, if you're somebody who wants to know what happened between these two in the several months or year that they were apart. Um from Gargano's perspective, you get an explanation. Like, Theory is somebody who has great genetic gifts that he never had. And as a result, he was plucked from the from the NXT roster and brought up to the main roster uh, when Gargano w- wasn't. And that, in turn, gave Theory a a big head. Never touched base with his mentor afterwards. Never called to even congratulate him on his child. And meanwhile, Theory holds resentment because Gargano never thanked him. Or, or never congratulated him for all of his accomplishments. How, how many
1: feuds are built on the foundation of just not you never called. utilizing never, yeah. modern day technology to reach <laughs> yeah. out to somebody. I mean that is the basis of so many of these feuds. You never called, you never texted. It's like it's so Hey, amazing. man, it's and relatable, it. is it
0: not? You know, like uh, uh, okay, if somebody didn't if somebody I'm trying to think if I'd get pissed off if somebody didn't congratulate me on on my ki- uh, having a kid. I don't think I would be. I don't think I'd give a shit at all. Um, but it would attest to how close we were, I suppose, if that person knew. It, listen, it's, it's believable. It's believable that they would hate each other for this reason, would it not?
1: Wasn't I uh, – I was bugging you about something else, and then you like had to inform me while I was sitting at a, at Kanji Queen. Oh, yeah, and by, by the way, I, we had the baby tonight. I was like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. I was like sending you some uh, – some bizarre uh, rap video. Do you remember this? No, I don't. One, this- one of our friends uh, doing karaoke. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, got it, got um, it. Yes, the yes. identity. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and and people, then you just had to come yeah. back and
0: <laughs> cool video. Uh, we had the baby.
1: <laughs> well, you weren't supposed like to. No, I idiot. didn't. I
0: didn't tell anybody yet. So I was no. going to tell you, of course, and that was a perfect opportunity. So, and, and, and no, that I, I do. I, I won't hold a grudge, but. yeah i i i like the segment i thought it was strong follow-up it was better than just a generic you know fight pull apart type of thing
1: i'll say like there's quite a few stories they have going on that are not going to be featured at at the pay-per-view on saturday but Mm -hmm. it's like your follow-up like you have a lot of these stories that are moving forward that it's not like just this cold reset that you have after a big show it's like you have these like um like like this feud is going to continue They're They're not on Saturday show. There's, there's like a number of like big names that are not featured on Saturday show. And that's, that's not a bad thing.
0: Yeah. As you, uh, as you, and I believe you and Kate mentioned like they, they some of these guys are sort of in holding patterns, you know, they're, they're sort of like in a, in a bit of a vibe to like, want to have a big introduction, you know, every week or so. And a lot of those guys aren't necessarily pegged for a match on the pay-per-view yet. They still have to keep their presence active on the show. and, you know, there, there are plenty of pay-per-views to fill in the months to come. And
1: the main event, it's the finals of the women's tag tournament, EO sky and Dakota Kai against the best friends, the bougie and the Badass, Raquel Rodriguez and the Leah who just yeah.
0: are hugging their way to the ring. I know you, you've been speaking about it, but like, it's still so novel to me to see these sort of video packages, you know, heading into like significant matches or like tournaments or, or whatever, um, it's so great that, like, somebody is finally putting WWE's tremendous video production resources to great use. This is, like, the type of stuff that makes a main event feel like a main event. Um, it's the type of stuff that, like, really makes WWE feel similar to, like, a real sports product. So I've, I've been loving their, their video production heading into these matches.
1: Wait till you get the Dexter Loomis Ms. video
0: package. Oh, okay. Yes. Maybe that's when we'll get the picture of the balls.
1: Uh, backstage, uh, Nikki, Dewdrop, Dana Brooke, and Tamina are uh, watching this match, and they do. This is when they do mention the, the history between Raquel and Dakota Kai. Aliyah gets sent into the steps and much like SmackDown, these, this was a debilitating uh, trauma sustained by Aaliyah, who was out for about a year, uh, selling on the floor. So it's the same story as SmackDown, where Raquel has to fight in a handicapped situation. So they had the advantage on her. Raquel then rams EO into Kai and fights back. Sky does a reversal into a code red, and Raquel nails a big lariat, goes for the Tejana bomb onto Sky, but Bailey stops it behind the referee's back. Sky hits the over The moonsault, which Raquel kicks out from, and Bailey starts protesting, prompting Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Bliss to run down and chase Bailey out through the crowd. Aaliyah then returns to the corner. She's alive and she makes the tag, but stumbles and falls to the floor with the other team not knowing that she's the legal woman. And she runs back in and catches Dakota Kai for the three count, which the uh. The who is the legal person to confuse the person taking the pin is, is a finish they are certainly relying on pretty heavily uh, of late and in this tournament. Uh, what was the last
0: one? What was uh, the last one? Friday they did this. Okay.
1: Where, where was uh, S- Sonia Deville came and, uh, and pinned uh, N- Nikki Ash to advance with uh, N- Natalia? Yet I
0: that think? one stuck. What are we stuck with? I mean, they they went on to like they 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 didn't take it away. They didn't. No, take no, no. Away I'm not that. saying
1: take it away, but it's it's more so just the the losing team doesn't or get tricked not knowing who the legal woman is. Um, but yeah. anyway, get, gets the roll up here, and it's Aaliyah and Raquel that get the win, and they, they've got like four minutes left, and boy, it just felt like either they were doing this intentionally of people expecting Sasha and Naomi to come out at the end of the show, or they just ended early because they felt like they were killing time here for a long time. They did have the big pyro go off, but it was just Mm -hmm. the baby faces celebrating in the ring for an extended
0: period of time. Right. Right. Well, uh, to me, like, you know, um, I, I think the headline is, um, the, To me, this is a dusty finish. I I don't think that they'll stick with these two as champions. You had Graves upon, you know, the the three count stammer a little, um, calling at least a bit of questioning to um, the result. But I found it very interesting that they went off air without explicitly stating that there was a, a legal person getting pinned. Right. Um, it's something that I think they will follow up on either on social media or SmackDown, perhaps, and, and that's when you get maybe some sort of special rematch. But, you know, unlike maybe what you saw on Friday, I, I don't think that this will stick. Um, for one thing, Aaliyah versus, and, and Raquel as your first champions is weird as fuck okay um it's it, like they're they're just not a compelling team whatsoever especially if you have naomi and sasha potentially coming back they feel like a poor babyface fit to to go up against i don't think this tournament will end without um well either sasha and naomi reclaiming the belts or more likely to meet io and dakota probably winning them and then having uh giving give them chase but if that is the case and i could be completely wrong maybe they're gonna stick with this but if but if i'm i'm right continues to tell me that they're they're using very innovative or at least different ways of telling their stories you know going like doing the whole uh, dexter loomis thing going off air and letting the, the internet continue to you know uh, de- detectives try to tell the story this to me is is another continuation of that where the audience has to go online to track whether or not oh i i, I thought Eo wasn't the legal person and so her sorry dakota wasn't the the, the yeah, legal Dakota's person. is
1: the one who took the the cover
0: yeah, so I, I I'm assuming there's going going to be follow up if if maybe by the morning that people are listening to this.
1: Yeah, I mean it's um, yeah they they treated it at, at the end like hey they're the champions. Um, I, I didn't think it was all that spectacular of a match. It also does feel, especially if they go the direction you think they're going, where it's Aaliyah who pinned the wrong person. And this is after two matches where it's Raquel's had to pretty much carry the load with Aaliyah out. It Almost like teases of Raquel
0: going heel by the end of this and turning on Aaliyah for constantly screwing up. That would actually justify the relentless barrage of smiling that we've been getting from her. You know, she's doing it all to sort of serve up some sort of swerve that and then you see the smile turning comes out just angry every week with like the biggest yeah she comes out smiling and then it just like curves into a frown and that's the turn okay yeah no that would i would love it because yeah you risk like if this was a straight-up eo and dakota win i mean raquel and Leah might as well have been completely lost in 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 all of it this might create a deeper story for everybody
1: yeah we'll we'll see if it's Mm. i I feel you could have got there either way um but, yeah, uh, you know, they did it for a reason, and we'll see what the uh, – what the fo- Well, we're not going to get any follow-up because SmackDown's taped on Friday, so the right. earliest they can really uh, bring this up is, you know, they've got the six-woman on the pay-per-view Saturday, but more likely Monday featuring, like, where, where this tag division is going.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And yeah. then they just plugged, like, Clash at the end. Like, they were just going over the matches and stuff. Like, it just felt like it, it ended – too early and they're just like filling time because there's only so many beauty shots you can take with the title and posing to the crowd that they, it's not like they had a big promo afterwards or a big, uh, celebrate, like they were celebrating in the ring, but it just, uh, four minutes can be a long time when everything is uh standing. So whole world championship match. Yeah, you're right.
0: There you go. That's your first raw back way. What did you think? Um, honestly, I don't know if I'm still like, kind of like, um, of the mindset of, like, the past, I don't know, five years of watching this version of this show. But I enjoyed Raw as I've enjoyed almost every single version of it over the past month uh, during my catch-up viewing. Like, this show, to me, still feels very refreshed, coherent, logical storytelling, matches that um, have a reason to be there, production that is not insulting to my intelligence. And, um... I don't know. Just like interesting directions all all around. Like I I I'm still enjoying very much the fresh coat of paint that I think you know WWE main roster product has had. This was not the best version of it, of course. This was not without many faults, but in general, I I would say everything had a reason to be there. And even if I I'm not the biggest fan of a Dexter Loomis, like I if you're committing to pushing the guy, like this is how you would do it.
1: Yeah, I I would say like this to me was um, a show that I, I really enjoyed that Alpha Academy Street Profits match. I thought all the stuff involving uh, the, the Usos with uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens was uh, very strong stuff. I would say th- those are the biggest positives I had on on this show. How about as a j- just as a go home show for uh, Clash Clash at the Castle?
0: Mm-hmm. OK, so, I mean, we didn't have Drew on the show, but that's, you know, that's a SmackDown program pretty much. Um Shayna and, and 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 Liv is is also a SmackDown program, but uh what else we got? The Judgment big thing Day. was
1: Riddle and Rollins on the show. That was like the real, the, like the big thing they pushed, and like the, the six woman tag to a degree, but that's not a major match.
0: Right, right, right. And also, of course, um, Edge and Edge and Ray. You know, um some that's justification right. for them teaming up against the Judgment Day. I. I, I thought they were doing a good job with that. The most interesting thing about that is the Dominic uh, aspect of it all. But I, I, as a fan who loved the SmackDown six as like one of my favorite eras of WWE programming, the fact that they're kind of rekindling that particular partnership I, it is pretty exciting to me. So like, to me, like clash at the castle already feels like a pretty good show, very well built actually on, on paper. Um, and this show didn't detract from it. And I think built it in some cases. I uh, j- just remember though, that they did, uh,
1: they did rename them the SmackDown 5 during that segment with Kurt Angle.
0: That, that is correct, yeah. SmackDown
1: 5 plus... Solo yeah. tag team champion Kurt Angle. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's go to uh, some super chats, if there are any uh, out there in the, in the chat room. Your chance to, uh, to weigh in on, on Raw or Way, whatever you would like to discuss. Oh, my Lord, look at this. Way's going to retire. $20 from Eric
0: Red Pocket to Newborn Baby. Thank you so much, Eric, or uh I should say uh Tote uh Eric for, for that red pocket. Uh my, my kid's been receiving a lot of those from my relatives recently. So that'll go right to his uh, his inevitably very high um college tuition fund someday, whatever, if colleges still exist at that point.
1: My advice for people that are that are going to get uh, uh gifts for, for babies, especially if it's going to be uh, uh, clothing. Everyone always gets you, like the, the onesies that are for for the uh, how big the you're baby born? is, yeah, exactly. You're gonna grow those real quick. Oh so yeah, think ahead. Get get like the the six month old onesies because you're gonna need those. And I guess you're not getting too many. No,
0: ones. no, I stop there. Get the twenty year old outfit, okay, for the baby, and then they'll have plenty of time to grow into it. All right, get them get them something that they could use when they're full adult size. All right.
1: We got Rob
0: McDonald. Nicely done with the cold open,
1: John. And congratulations on Fatherhood Way. All the best. Yes, I'm, I'm Thank submitting you. that
0: for some kind of an award. Uh, you've been, uh, for people who don't listen to, who aren't patrons and, and didn't get a chance to listen to Rewind of SmackDown, I mean, tr- tremendous production, tremendous acting on, on your behalf, John. Forget Dominic. You know, forget The Miz in this episode of Raw. I, I think the Oscar goes to you, huh? Pun intended. Yes.
1: I, I wish all of you could see that, unlike... A- Uh, unlike kevin patrick okay jake so happy for you way congrats to me after last sunday it's a matter of if not when max will win it all hard for anybody to stop red bull uh yes so uh did you catch any of uh f1 over the weekend way this was uh i mean it was an incredible um story for, for max for stopping over the weekend where he he qualified like 14th and he was taking this race over by I can't remember what lap it was, but like the first third of the race. He's he's ahead and he dominates. He wins. He wins by like 18 seconds. And it's just even the most optimistic uh, Ferrari or uh, Mercedes fan. It's like, OK, it's over now.
0: This this season yeah. is over. I just wanted to clarify. Jake meant uh, when not if uh, Max wins. So he he sent in uh, two dollars super chat just to correct himself. So thank you, Jake. Um. You're right. Like ultimately, even though like Verstappen had like a bunch of penalties, a bunch of people had bu- a bunch of penalties. He started from 14th and and still ended up like winning what felt like a pretty easy race. It looked easy. I'm sure it wasn't easy, but it became a pretty boring race until the last lap where Ferrari. Like, were you following this, John? Um, b- b- bits and pieces. I d- I didn't catch so, all of it. Char- but... Charles Leclerc. Like, you know, at this point, they had pretty much committed to being fifth place. Okay. They weren't going to be. Oh, is
1: this where he gets the. Uh, yes, in a, yes. They so, contact him. Okay. You explain so, it. It's so, okay.
0: So he's, he's in fifth place. It's coming up on the last lap and the team's like, you know what? Uh, why we're not going to do any better than five. So why don't you just like go for the fastest lap because the fastest lap gets one point. So, uh, you should pit. And then we have such a big gap between five and six. You might as well come in pit. And then you can at least go for the fastest lap on soft tires. Charles Leclerc, rightfully so, questions this strategy with one lap to go. And Fernando Which should Alonso be ingrained
1: in any Ferrari driver. Always question the advice you're being given because this, yeah. this team is being run by just, dude, I, I don't even know at this point.
0: So he pits, changes tires, goes for the fastest lap. And by this point, Fernando Alonso had moved from six to five. So now he's having to overtake <laughs> Fernando Alonso and luckily manages to overtake him. Does not get the fastest lap, so that was for naught. Still finishes the race P5, but then after the race, <laughs> it comes out that Charles Leclerc gets docked five seconds because he was speeding out of the pit. And why was he speeding out of the pit? This is the, the the craziest part of it all. There was a piece of plastic off of Max Verstappen's fi- visor earlier in the race that had got jammed into his brake, and i I might be fucking all of this up but anyway a little piece of plastic got trapped in their braking system that somehow debilitated their sensors to not be able to tell him how fast he was going and because he had diminished the gap between five and six in attempting the fastest lap the five second penalty ended up putting him in sixth place (laughs) so in attempting to get the extra point he ended up losing two points i mean that 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 to me is just continues just wonderful drive to survive episode that I'm sure is coming up between uh Charlotte oh, and dude. Ferrari. This next
1: season is going to be the comedy of errors starring Ferrari, because oh, what yeah. a year that they have had of just some of the most, I mean, it's just, they're, they're yep. about to have the race in, in Italy. And I think they're going to get smoked in that one. And it's dude. just going to be the, the ultimate humiliation of a year that has just been building towards this moment.
0: It's, it's been an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm for Charlotte Claire this season. You know, complete complete with soundtrack and, and all. So yeah, <gasps> <laughs> exactly. Uh, one last super chat here. Thank you, John. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't. Sorry, I, sorry. The, I didn't. I know. leave the I super chat reigns to you now. Please.
1: Congratulations, pop away from PM Train for five dollars. Thank you very much. Thank Mr. you guys. Train.
0: You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for you know being uh, supporters of Post Wrestling, either listening to the show uh, or or being a patron. You are the reason why I could even have a family. So um, and especially you and all of our contributors, John, thank you so much for uh, holding down the fort.
1: Well, we got a piece, uh, few pieces of feedback here from the forum. So uh, we start off with her niece from New York City. Not sure if it's been outright said, but Rhea Ripley is definitely the leader of the group. A week after a great performance against Edge, Priest had a rough match tonight. You could tell that times have changed. We got a couple mentions about that Tuesday show referring to NXT. The riddle Rollins hot mic part with Shades of DC John Jones on ESPN finally turning Riddle into someone more serious. Guess we know who's taking the tag belts off the Usos. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Lastly, I guess they didn't want Their newest champion, Control or Damage Control, to get pinned in their first appearance since winning.
0: Control or Damage Control? Hmm. You know, like, come to think of it, I think Marvel might have a trademark on Damage Control. That might be already a a thing, but or somebody else does, maybe a bandit or something. Said from Vancouver says, First and foremost, welcome back me. So thank you, Said. He says, Good to see wrestlers slowly get their full names back. What a ridiculous saying. It's
1: like the photo at the end of a Back to the
0: Future where they've all been disappearing and now they're slowly coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if you're like tuning in from another sport. Imagine if you're an F1 fan tuning into pro wrestling for the first time and you're listening to this person say, good to see wrestlers slowly get their full names back. You know, as if that's some sort of like weird cause to celebrate. And it kind of is.
1: That's... That would be the the meeting of worlds, okay? He's thrust out of WWE, he's got all this cash on hand, he just gets rid of all his, his Class B shares, and Vince McMahon hooks up with Audi and he's going to go into F
0: one. Wow. Interesting. Imagine the imagine him like being in the headset of a driver oh. as they're racing. <laughs> imagine him and Toto Wolf maybe coming together. Oh goodness. That's a dream scenario right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'd pay to see that. Uh, okay. He says, i surprised to see Riddle and Rollins matches in a street fight at this point. I'm rewatching the finish. Dakota wasn't even the legal person in the match. He even says that after the pin. So does this lead to a rematch? I would almost certainly think so.
1: I, I didn't is- even catch the part where Dakota like brought it up. I mean, that, that certainly gives you focus that they'll go in, in that direction.
0: He says, lastly, for the Vancouver House show, they're pushing Roman hard that he will be there. Do you think this is a stunt to sell tickets, or will he be there?
1: Um, If they're promoting him, I would imagine he's scheduled for that show. I mean, it's – I I wouldn't take their advertising as gospel, but I mean, typically, like, yeah, if – on when that Vancouver show is, I think it's in a month's time that if they're promoting him, I, w- I would imagine he's on that show then. I mean, Vancouver is a big market. So that, that does not surprise me that Roman would do that house show. Uh, Mahmoud from Bahrain. First off, a huge congratulations to Way. Hope everything is going smoothly with your transition into fatherhood. Raw was great. Something I've noticed is that matches do not seem random. There's a rhyme and reason for every segment and match taking place. Title matches are given importance. Wrestlers feel more natural. Segments feel dynamic and the show as a whole feels more logical. Ray and Dominic's story bleeding into the edge and Kurt Angle segment was nothing mind blowing, but contributed greatly to making Raw a living and breathing show. Hunter's philosophy of booking and wrestling based on the recent small sample size is exactly what WWE needs right now. Question, do you see any justification to have Drew lose at Clash? Right now, there's all the momentum in the world for him, and in the previous regime, I could have seen Vince keeping the title on Roman for a hopeful Rock title bout. Right now, it makes makes all the sense for Drew to win, but I could see a messy finish where Roman retains. Um, all the best, you guys, and baby Oscar. Uh, well, thank you very much for the feedback, uh, Mahmoud. Uh, we kind of went over this uh, earlier, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I certainly... When, when you're going to have, like, a pretty hot crowd on Saturday, it's going to be, you know, in, in total when you have, like, the, the paid and comps, it's going to be a very, very sizable crowd. Um, there, there, there's a lot of arguments that Drew should win, and you can get this belt back on Roman um, at the end of the year in January. You can totally do that and give Drew something that um, kind of elevates his standing after after this build.
0: Or can, can we see a disputed finish of some sort leading to a splitting of the championships?
1: Um, I, I guess it depends on how it's done. I would be very cautious to do something like that on 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 a show like this, and, and kind of come come away with uh, something where it's. I I just I I don't like the idea of doing something where it's it's sort of a you know controversial finish on on a big show. Like I do feel there should be a winner and a loser. But if you have mm-hmm. a creative enough way, yeah, you can. I, I I will say I know a lot of people um want to have a title on Raw and SmackDown. I kind of like the the one champion. I I think there's a lot of benefits to it. Like the, it, it does hurt when it's on somebody that is not doing all the live events and such, and he's not on all the shows. Um, but he also feels super important, and whoever beats him, it feels like a major accomplishment. And I do feel having that one guy there, there is a
0: strong argument to just having that one consolidated belt. But it's it's an experiment that has to end at some point. You know, they they can't indefinitely just have. A guy holding two belts. I mean, they could, but I just don't see it happening, you know, especially if they're continuing with uh, two night WrestleManias and, you know, continuing this, like, you know, putting equal value into both Raw and SmackDown. Um, and has the experiment gone on long enough to make a point?
1: Uh, I yeah, know. like, I, I don't think they're in any kind of harm right now with with this this championship like they're both shows are doing very well and and raw has been performing very well and that's the show that does not have the champion most weeks and i i do not think this last month of raw has suffered from not having a a champion on it Hmm. it it does seem like raw raw has benefited more than smackdown in this last month like smackdown is sort of just in a straight line and it's Hmm. it's raw that has been the one that has more so benefited i think from the these
0: changes well i've really found like we 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 do of course talk so much about the content of the show but but friday is is tougher period you know i've i found myself not doing the shows not necessarily wanting first as much to to put on the wrestling on a friday as i do perhaps on a monday when hey it's a it's a work night it's it's a bit of sort of levity to to my my week whereas friday a lot of people might have other options just a suggestion maybe uh, all right, we got to finally Muggin, Who says? Normally, when I see a dud ending, I would curse RAW to Kingdom Come. I won't because the finish had DK getting rolled up, but she wasn't the legal woman. Hence, Ali and Raquel's title win was a big old asterisk. I'm sure it'll get co- corrected down the line. Owens and Jay Uso was the match of the night as it wisely brings KO back into the bloodlines orbit and Stammy aim by extension. Stanny's inner struggle does overshadow foreshadow Owens and Zayn getting back together to knock the Usos off their perch. The Riddle Rollins split screen promo heavily invoked evoked Jones Cormier, and it added enough sizzle to their match on Saturday. I dug Kurt Angle's appearance. The skit with Gable was hilarious, and the edge backstage bit with the U-Suckle monster was brilliant. Overall, I'm not going to write Triple H off yet because of one questionable de- decision. Side note, welcome back. Uh, wh- what's the questionable decision that's that's supposed to be obvious?
1: Do you know? Um, I don't know what he's re- he's uh, he- he's referring to. I hmm I don't know about
0: Okay, yeah, so let us know next time questionable Bye-bye.
1: decision anyway anyway um well thank you everybody for the feedback for the super chats and thank you to waiting for uh returning to uh to his home here at post Stop.
0: wrestling you you've been missed uh you have been missed john i i've me- missed podcasting with you I, i've missed you know interacting with with the audience and uh again i want to thank so everybody who's um made this possible like I, f- four years ago five years ago three years ago maybe i taking a month off would have been completely impossible to to fathom um but you know thanks we, thanks we had to, to
1: stop you you were you were saying uh john I, i'm thinking of having a child like can't not not yet can you put it off for a few years okay i, I will so, so we had yeah, to get we, enough we had of to get to a certain level way we couldn't we, we, we couldn't lose you for for that amount of time but yeah we yeah. uh I was very lucky to have so many people to uh, rely on. It was it was it, enjoyable just to chat with so many uh, different people over this uh, this past month.
0: It so. was just a wonderful time to be able to like like these are as much as I think like I I I love recording with you, and I'm sure the audience loves hearing the two of us. Um, these are wonderful opportunities now to be able to sample everybody else that's available um, and, and all the takes and all the. All, all the various styles of, of, analysis that they might bring. And, um, they're all people that I hope we can keep into our family and maybe expand their roles in some way, uh, you know, as, as we continue, because everybody brings something worthwhile and very unique.
1: So once again, all of our regular shows this week, will be back on Wednesday night with dynamite immediately after that show, which is their big uh, live show in Chicago for the, the go home show for, all Out on the weekend, and then we're going to be doing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Friday will be Rewind to SmackDown. Saturday, it's a post-wrestling cafe show right after Clash at the Castle, which should be ending around 4 Eastern in the afternoon. And then Sunday night, we're live, free for everybody, streaming here on the YouTube channel after All Out. Um, as well, this month, um, first of the month is just around the corner, and a Rewind Away is returning next week. We're going to fit in a edition of Ask Away this month. And yes, we will find some time to talk with Wei as well in the month of September. And uh, we're also planning to go to Dynamite next week. That is at least the current plan, unless it has changed.
0: No, it is still the current plan. Uh, I, I look forward to it. You and I driving down to Buffalo, we'll have a lot to catch up on on that drive down the QEW and uh, might, might even run into Brandon Thurston down there as well. Yes.
1: So that's going to wrap it up. Thanks to everyone for joining us. And that concludes the return. Of the ting. Should I end the broadcast or
0: you? Yeah, you should, yeah.
1: Goodbye.